Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Well, hello and welcome to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you are joining us today for this not new series on Inside the Church, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Speaking of the good, the bad, and the ugly, I'm just kidding, just kidding. Hey, I've got joined today with James Ross, lead pastor at Church on Bayshore, but we also have an awesome guest today. We're joined here by Mr. Steve Renna. Hey, Steve. Which one was the bad and which one was the I am leaving that up to interpretation. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. uh, Steve, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. James, you doing all right, buddy? Have we had any comments on who's good, bad, and ugly yet? We've not. So if you want to leave that comment, go for it. Please don't. Please don't. I've got too many insecurities. That'll make make you the ugly if you do that. I'll get plenty of those. Yeah. (laughs) Just from Jordan, your wife. (laughs) Jordan, no. (laughs) Steve, this is Steve's first time on Boggy Talk. Welcome. Boggy Talk newbie all right that's our theme song i just made it up for people when it's their <laughs> nice. first time i had a different one last week for michael um, how you guys before we get started let's talk about important things how you guys adjusting to daylight savings time hate it it's dumb it is it's so dumb i like this time i wanted to stay this time i, I mean yeah can, but can we just not go back again like we just stay like they I, they keep dangling this that you know, the rumor is, I hear that Congress is going to vote on it. I hear the but, House is going to vote on it. But Florida voted on it. Yeah. We they, voted on it. But and we're the best. Yeah. At everything. <laughs> at everything. So I don't understand why it's not a real thing and we have to fall back later. But we do. And it's terrible. Maybe if somebody gives an address at the State of the Union about it, things will change. <laughs> that, that'll affect the science. That'll affect the science. The too soon? It. Too soon? Oh, yeah. man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Way too soon. <laughs> That's another boggy talk. That's another boggy talk. <laughs> oh, well, Steve has never been on boggy talk because he's really afraid, actually, because his wife is going to watch this and then critique him on everything so, that he says. So let everybody oh, know yeah. Steve's connection with boggy talk, other than that his beloved pastors are on there. The voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You hear his wife, Jordan. I was like, what is Steve's <laughs> Steve's the wife, mic. Jordan, <laughs> yeah. is the he, voice. He of cut Bo- the checks yeah, for everything right. we did. He approved us buying microphones. <laughs> uh, yeah. She's the one who does the intro and the outro to Boggy Talk every week. Uh, and so that's Jordan. Can, can you do a Jordan Let's Boggy your Talk impersonation? No, your I best can't. Jordan I voice. Can't. I don't do impersonations. Sing like Jordan. Ready? Yeah, no. Not many people can actually <laughs> no. sing about Jordan because Jordan That's can true. sing. She, she can leads sing. us in worship and it's always great. Yes. Yeah, it is great. So, hey. I always prefer when she sings instead of you, Justin. No, thanks. I appreciate that. Most people do. <laughs> I, I Never mind. That's good. That, that I should have used that one in the podcast two weeks ago when people pick out their favorite singers. Yes, and like, that's right. Oh, let everybody I love it when that. that person leans and when yeah. that person leans. I'm like, well, maybe maybe not. Can you publish who's leading every day, every week so we can decide if we're coming or watching? Ooh. Actually, some people some people oh, do that. Oh, no. they so, do. So I speaking know. of money. Speaking know, of money as well. Right, so I've already right. had my Terrible time idea. about worship. Terrible, so. yes. <laughs> okay. So we are talking about, uh, we framed this series around our discipleship essentials, worship, grow, serve, give, reach. And uh, we have talked about worship. We've talked about growing. We've talked about serving. And now we welcome Steve talking about giving. Uh, and so Steve, while we're asking you, it's because 
You got all the money, man. No, I don't. <laughs> God's got the money. That's right. So Steve serves as our church administrator. Uh, and so a, a large part of his responsibility here on our church staff is to ensure that we as a church, not just our staff, but we as a church are stewarding the resources God has entrusted with us for his kingdom. And he, I'll say he does a great job at that. Um, God does or Steve? Uh, both. Oh, okay. okay. God okay. does okay. a great okay. job. Okay. And God does a great job through Steve. Okay, got it. Got his it. willing That's vessel. Good. good answer, so, Justin. Thank you. I've been, uh, you know, trying to practice my Is theology. that what's written down right there on that piece of paper? No, I, actually, I, these All are my notes stuff. that I can I didn't know I could bring barely notes. read. You can bring notes. <laughs> I bring an outline and then I usually ignore it. So Justin writes in shorthand, so that's actually his manuscript. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, uh, but Steve, let's, before we talk about giving and that uh let's talk about your background because you were not always in the dream field of church administration <laughs> you know i mean so i just think of so many uh little boys and girls who in their elementary classrooms who think when i grow up i want to work and be underappreciated as a church administrator <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true <laughs> but so i uh, thought of it that way but yeah no let's put it that way it's but pretty, you pretty you know you your background <laughs> you keep going down I'm sinking all right the, like I, the microphone is i gave okay. Steve that's why we really chair. have you here we need new chairs yeah, that's can right. we get approved for that yeah. uh, so you your 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 background though before you uh worked here at uh, church on bay shore you had your own business and construction and before that you actually worked in corporate finance correct correct yeah so most people who don't know what corporate finance is have no clue what that means so in 30 seconds or less go I just think of Bernie Madoff and Bernie Sanders when I hear corporate <laughs> no, finance. One no, loves it, one hates it. It wasn't like that. It was, it was real uh, commercial finance. So um, I worked for a very large bank, Deutsche Bank. They're one of the largest banks in the world. And when companies would start businesses that required a lot of inventory, we would loan them money to purchase. Actually, we wouldn't loan them money. We would purchase the inventory for them on a line of credit. So we still own the inventory. Um and then they would sell it at a, at a profit. And of course, they had to sell it within a certain amount of time or we would charge them money. <laughs> yeah, that's how we made <laughs> that's money. That's how you make money. It's on the money. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of uh, direct communication and working with uh, businesses of all sizes. Yeah, thank you. I can lower it again. There you go. We're going to adjust these microphones. Yeah, as I, as I <laughs> sink, sinks the down. whole thing. Awesome. Yeah, so I worked directly with businesses uh, and there was a lot of good in it in that you know, you, you felt like you were helping smaller businesses uh, survive. The large businesses could, could self-fund, but the smaller businesses needed the help of the banks. So it was a great partnership um, until the markets crashed in certain areas. Then, then, <laughs> then, it, then was it was not, not so, so much. I, I, I went from the good guy to the bad guy. Yeah. So Yeah. Well, and, you know, as we are, you know, in ministry, we're all, we're constantly trying to lead people to, you know, follow Jesus and what, whatever that means in terms of their work life, uh, you know, to, to live sent and leverage that for the kingdom. And you did that. And then you, you worked in construction, own your own business, but then God led you to serve on this church staff. So I want you very briefly too, just to share, how did God do that in your life? Because that's a different trajectory than most people take. Yeah. So that's hard to be short, but, um, you know, like you said, when you're a kid, you don't dream about this. And uh, like a lot of people coming out of college, I mean, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with myself. I mean, half the time, <laughs> a lot of adults still don't know yeah, what they want to do with themselves. Still. Yeah. But uh, I went into commercial finance and even though I was doing well in commercial finance, something was missing. 
And uh, I just knew something was missing. And I wasn't where I needed to be with God. I moved into uh, insurance and I sold uh, commercial insurance to businesses. And I did well at that, but I still had that same feeling like something was missing. Um, then I started the construction company. And, and still, you know, looking back, like, I didn't know where I was going, but God knew exactly uh, what he was doing. He had a plan um, because the Lord really started to work on me to give more, to serve more, especially when uh, the housing market really crashed. Um, I wasn't able to give as much as I you know, wanted to be giving in my heart and, and felt like I needed to be. And, uh, you know, there was a, a, a moment really when the Lord spoke to me and I just said, Lord, um, I recognize that I've been pushing back against your plan. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, when you open doors uh, to serve you more, I'm going to say yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, it was like, as soon as I said that to the Lord, he's like, all these doors started opening. He's like, okay, look, I have a plan for you. And, you know, looking back, the things that you need to be an effective church administrator is you've got to understand finances. You've got to understand personnel, human resources, insurance, things like that. You've got to understand buildings and construction and all these things. And I go, God had a plan even when I was just kind of floating through life feeling like I was doing well and chasing, uh, you know, Paul says to, to have your mind set on the things of God, not on not a mind set on, on the flesh, on worldly things. I was set on the flesh, on worldly things. I mean, I wanted to make money. I wanted to do well. I want to start a business and all these things. And uh, God just, you need to change your mindset. And by the way, I've been preparing you for this yeah. for years. That's good. It, it's, man, God's God's good. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it's good that we highlight this because a lot of people who have probably met you in the last couple of years just think, okay, he's he's church finance guy. He's church administrator guy. But the reality is you were a member of the church who the Lord just kind of called. Uh, you were faithfully serving, giving, all those things. So I think that really kind of segues into uh, the, the first question I want to ask you, because um, if you ask most people what the biggest challenge is when it comes to the church accomplishing its mission, uh, it's the 2080 rule. It's, it's the reality that 20% of the church is giving, doing 80% of the work and, and giving 80, 20, 80% of the money. Um, and the other 80% are giving 20%, you know, and doing 20%. So, you know, as, as someone who the Lord called to say, hey, I want to be a part of that 20%. And again, you know, I think our church has a probably a healthier number than most churches, but by and large, you know, do you see that it's true from both of, you know, being non-church staff and now church staff? And why do you think it is that way? Oh, well, yeah, I think it's absolutely true. I, I would I would say that, yes, I believe we're a little bit better than the 2080 rule, but it's not that much better. And and when you look at the demographics of giving, there there's a lot of misconceptions about who gives and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not always accurate, uh, but it definitely is that small percentage that is giving most. And, you know, before I came on staff, um, when I when I look at the people that are serving and doing, when I was serving on you know MLTs and being part of the trustees, it's always a challenge. We're, we're trying to get new people to serve. Um, we don't want to recycle the same people. We want people with fresh hearts and new ideas and so forth. And in every scenario, it's always been a challenge to find new people to step up, to be involved. But every time someone new gets involved, 
it, it brings perspective to things that when you've served in any scenario for a very long time, you, it's easy to lose perspective on some things or, to, you know, to lose connection with um, cultural things that are going on. And so it's been a it's been a challenge uh, before I came on staff and then coming on staff and, and having, you know, seeing the information of of, uh, you know, Yes, I, I can get as specific as who gives what. I don't really get into that. But when I look at, from a demographic perspective, the you mean eight, you don't look at people and see dollar signs? <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't do that. Rest assured, everyone. Very specific. I don't do that. Um, but you know that is a burden. Honestly, yeah. um, it, it's a tough burden because we we keep that information very confidential. Only very only a couple of people have access to it, and uh, boy, that's hard sometimes. Um, it, it's it's hard because uh you know sometimes you when you know those who don't mm -hmm. give and you kind of why mm -hmm. why i know the lord's done things in your life mm -hmm. um and then you see the other side of it uh people who are just just give so generously and and no one knows it and that's really good that's the kind of person yeah, i want to be right. i don't don't let your right hand know what your left hand is mm -hmm. doing and there are those in the church so it's, it's both highly encouraging and it's also disheartening at mm -hmm. times to know that information. Um, but what it really highlights is when I look at it, I go, gosh, if the, if the Lord would change hearts of all our people, the potential of the mm -hmm. church is so, so much greater than anybody mm -hmm. realizes. Mm -hmm. And we got a little glimpse of this when we went through um, the first hope, you know, hope for the Future project, when, when the entire church was 100% on board with a vision to impact the lives of kids, mm -hmm. we we realized little goats. We had a big yeah. I mean, we, we saw the potential of the church. We hadn't, to give. I hadn't said a wisecrack in a while, so I had to get <laughs> my quote up for yeah. for episode. Is there a timer? Yeah. There's like yeah. a timer. <laughs> yeah. There. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And really, I mean, I walked into that, and 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 it was clear that the Lord had just stirred in a lot of people's hearts to be sacrificial and that you know the, the old saying it's not equal gifts it's equal sacrifice and really is that is the goal um well you know speaking of that i think one of the things that we're wrestling through as a church and uh, every church is wrestling through is there is a um a huge chasm huge gap when it comes to a commitment to the local church in terms of giving from generation to generation you know and and really if you look at the millennial generation that's entering the you know high earning uh, season of life, uh, just comparatively to the generations before. Uh, I mean, is that true? I mean, and what do you think we do about that? Well, yeah, I mean, it's when you look at demographics, it's certainly true. I mean, we, we have a challenge of teaching the next generation about giving. And um, certainly the people who give, it's far skewed um, towards the, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s and up is where the vast majority comes from. And there are people in that age group in the you know late 30s and even into the 40s and, and into 50s that are, are not bringing the full tithe mm -hmm. uh, into the storehouse. And the question is why? And the thing is, it's not that, that, that the younger generations are not uh, generous. A lot of them are giving money other places. Mm. And, mm. you know, in mm. the years that I've been here, there's been discussions about that. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm, the mentality is I'm tithing because I'm giving to this other thing and it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you can do a lot of good things. It's that same mentality. I'm a good person. I'm going to get to heaven. Uh, no, 
No, you get to heaven because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. And, and you can give and be a good person, but that doesn't mean you're actually submitting to the Lord. And that's what giving is about. It's about submitting to the Lord in obedience. And, and the thing that gets missed is um, you can do a lot of things individually that are good things, that are things that uh, the Lord wants you to do, mm. okay, uh, in caring for people. That's not to diminish anything you might do personally, but what the church can do corporately together as a, as a body mm. of Christ is so much more than you can do individually mm-hmm. with the resources that you have. I mean, we look at the cooperative program and we see uh, the church planting and the support of missionaries and the things that, that take place. That's only possible because of the whole church, capital C, coming together, yeah. giving that full tithe to the Lord and seeing his kingdom grow as a result. That doesn't happen if you're doing things all individually. There's a great benefit to, to corporately coming together for the mission of Christ. Well, you, you brought up some things that kind of get to some of the good, the bad, and the ugly inside the church. So I, I want to kind of uh, prod at some of that stuff. Uh, but before I do that, Justin, are you anything? Yeah, I just think, you know, we, we want to operate from this place of imagine if. You know, imagine if yeah. everybody, like, not even not even gave sacrificially. Like, what if everybody just gave the basement? <laughs> you know, like, the, the tithe. Like, that's not even, I mean, for some people that is going to be sacrificial because of where they are in life. But just imagine if people did that. And I think if the church just had that picture of, like, this is what God could do if we all just were, like, bottom line obedient oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like imagine what it could do if we all actually were sacrificial mm-hmm. um and i think you know we we hear and maybe this is where james is going to poke but we there's there's excuses uh we all have made and uh that people continue to make you know some of them are silly like i've heard people say i don't i don't tithe because i pay taxes I'm like hmm. <laughs> or i don't i don't need to tithe because i'm in the military like i've heard that and i'm like what? Uh, Sorry, never heard that one. Well, but yeah, because they know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're so me. I'm just saying, and I, 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 <laughs> I haven't heard those things at this church. Okay, okay, so I'll just okay, clarify, okay. But yeah, I've yeah, heard yeah. those things. Those are things that people think or yeah, yeah. get into the. Well, I don't tithe because I don't trust how the church. I, I want to specify how the church right. spends yeah, money, yeah. and so that's, that that is that is where I kind of want to yeah, dig because I think so, that you know. We, we could talk about the excuses people make in their own life, and, and, and we have you here, so uh, I want to talk more. So one of the objections that people, specifically younger people, more idealistic people, uh, would say is, well, you know, I, I'm going to give to the church, but the church spends so much money on uh, buildings and, the you know, pastors get paid so much and all those things. And um, I mean, is that fair? And if so, why do we spend as much as we do on, you know, those things? Yeah, well, uh, first I would say, is it fair to, to question that? And the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely, it's fair to question that. We should always be questioning uh, how we're stewarding God's resources and always questioning what is the most effective we can be uh, in accomplishing the mission that he's set forth for us. Um, however... You know, under having a background with business before I came in here, when I look at what the church does, <laughs> the resources that the church has compared to the resources that most average businesses have and what we try to accomplish, they couldn't be any more different. Mm. Um, you know, w- we 
take in funds and we say, how can we get rid of all of it? <laughs> Mm-hmm. All of it for the work of Christ. We're not, we're not in this to, to stockpile money to make. In fact, if you guys don't spend certain money you have, you know, the stewardship team or me comes knocking on your door saying, we have a mission and we're to reach people. Spend your money uh, and execute your ministry plan. If businesses are making money, they're just, hey, we're making money. This is great. Um, so it's certainly a good thing to question whether we're doing that. But I would simply say this, and I say I said this a few weeks back about, about the campus and the facilities, is that they are simply tools to accomplish the work. Mm-hmm. And part of the work of making disciples is training and teaching people. And that, that happens on this church campus. The other piece of the church campus is that as you have a base of operations, we want to have a large base of operations that grows and more people come to know Christ so that we can send more out, so that we can support more ministries and mission. And, you know, unfortunately, that costs money. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have mm-hmm. an 80,000 square foot facility. At any given time, we've got $2 million worth of equipment that has to be replaced on life cycle costs. Then we've got a just general maintenance uh, and, and maintain these things, which is, you know, 20 some thousand dollars uh, a month. And then just what it costs to print, you know, things on paper and mm-hmm. put toilet paper in the bathrooms, which mm-hmm. is a necessity. That <laughs> <laughs> is a necessity. Have yes, the is. air conditioning running. And, and in all, Florida, for sure. Yeah. Right. All, yeah. And all of that are things <laughs> that are necessary as a tool for our people, not our pastors, our people, mm-hmm. to be able to invite people into a comfortable environment where they learn about Christ and grow. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if they haven't committed their life, this is a place to do that. <coughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's a, the, the value of, of the local church uh, facilities, the buildings, the people that work here um, is people – we have this – thing where we want to separate out ministry or we define ministry and and buildings aren't right aren't this now they're not it's not the same yeah but they're used for ministry they're tools right. for ministry it's very hard to accomplish your goals without the right tools no that's great that's great yeah. you know one of the things we're trying to do as a church is move towards this 50 percent ministry and missions but one of the things we're trying to be intentional about is reminding when we have that conversation is Everything we spend money on is ministry. It's just that we're trying to say, how can we lean towards, you know, that, that focus of spending money on, 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 you know, going out uh, and off campus. But so, so yeah, I mean, you hit on the facility stuff, but why about, what about these pastors and their private jets and their mansions? <laughs> <laughs> Don't knock my private jet. As, as, I, as I, I book I... my cross country four hour Allegiant flight so that I could yeah, save money to get yeah, to the SBC yeah. just <laughs> today. Oh, right. that's um, <laughs> there's so much to say about that. Uh, what have you been wanting to say? No, Steve? I can't no, even. Just... That that bothers me so much to to see people who have taken advantage of the church. That, let's right, just face it. Right. That is people taking advantage of the resources that it's God's money that yeah. they're stealing. That's right. the way I yeah. feel about right. it. Right is that we're not in ministry for ourselves to, to further our own purposes. We're certainly not here for, for money. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as most everyone on staff could go anywhere else and make a lot more money. People are here because they love Jesus. They want to serve him. 
and it's not about that. To see someone in ministry use it for personal gain that way, um, boy, I believe the Lord's going to deal with them. Um, I have a real hard time seeing it. And, you know, I would just say that the, the, the issue I have uh, or the warning there is that, you know, we have a great church um, structure, a shared vision. The Lord gives the vision through the pastor, through the congregation, and there are checks and balances because everybody in this church is a sinner. Um, S-I-N-N-E-R, right, is what you said? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. What did yeah. you think I said? Center. No, not a center. A sinner. A yeah, centaur? Yeah. Look, yeah, yeah. We're, we're all growing in our relationship with Christ every day, but that doesn't mean there's not temptation. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we're not to walk in that temptation and, and certainly not to create an environment where there's that, that, that temptation. And so having checks and balances and having stewardship teams and, uh, you know, properties ministry team and things like that to uh, have the council of multitudes involved and have eyes on what we're doing all the time, personnel teams looking at our staff structure and comparing, um, you know, what the benefits are to other pastors and other churches uh, that stuff keeps us honest, mm, mm. and and uh, you know there's a lot of there's a mentality sometimes. I think certainly I've seen it in the ministry of, you know, I'm here to serve God, um, and so you should just trust me. Mm-hmm. It's not a trust issue. Mm. It's that I understand the danger of sin, yeah, and the pervasiveness of it. And that's not to say anyone on staff is sinning in that way, right? But we are to intentionally. Uh, be putting sin to death by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. And if that means great accountability in everything we do, that's exactly what it means. So that's why you said no to my shoe allowance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Nick's from the budget. So I I, 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 socks, I could get you some socks. (laughs) I hear, Hey, you're not supposed to wear socks anymore. Anyway. So, so I hear all you're saying, but at Mm -hmm. our church personnel is over a million dollars a year. That's the cost. Why should I give? I'm someone else asking this question. Why should I give to the local church when we're spending over a million dollars on hiring people to do work? Uh, Well, look, there's a few things. One, um, when people are here all the time, this is their job, uh, you know, seven days a week. I mean, it's, uh, that's the way the job is. Yeah. Whether it's supposed to be five days, it's seven days a week. Almost everybody here works more hours than than they're supposed to because they're here for a ministry perspective. Those people who are here day in, day out, living, eating, breathing, worshiping, serving God can accomplish much more um, for the the, the Lord and for uh, creating organizational structure that allows you as somebody who works 40 hours a week or is not in full-time Christian ministry to be able to come in and be more effective when you're serving. Um, if we don't have the staff, we're not going to have programs structured well to teach your kids and, and for you to grow in relationship and opportunities for you to serve, opportunities for you to reach out into the community. Those are all created by the people who are here all the time serving and working. And, and I would simply say to anyone who asks that question, I think I mentioned it before, that, uh, and the personnel team would support this mm-hmm. too. When we look at the, the salaries of the people who are working here. 
number one, we're, we're all in line with the average for a church, but forget comparing salaries here inside the church. If you were to compare salaries, uh, similar job descriptions of, of what you accomplish, of people in the church compared to people that work anywhere else, mm. we don't make anything close to what we could make somewhere mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea that... You know, people see a big number, a million dollars. So that's a mm-hmm. huge number. We're not being good stewards. When you break it down by position. And and the, the number of employees. Too. And the like, number of employees, <laughs> you look at our staff right. Page, you look, oh, that's a lot of people. And, and I got to tell you, look, I, I had a construction company. So when I looked at my framing crews, I came to the church. And when I first came to the church and I looked at the payroll, first time I'd ever seen the payroll, I looked at people's pay and I went, you have got to be kidding me. How, why are they even here? Except for the lead pastor and worship pastor who just work on Sunday mornings. Right. And, 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 and we just film yeah, yeah, yeah. podcasts. They just three hours a week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, so. I, I got guys who are, who, whose <laughs> right. only job is to pick up cut two-by-fours on a job site, yeah. throw it in a dumpster, making more money than some right. people yeah, on staff. Yeah, now, yeah. Uh, look, I would just simply say, from what I see, there's no argument there. Right, yeah. There's just sense. It, the value what, of it. What What's interesting about all this to me is that, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking of specific people who basically are believers. They believe they should give to God and they bypass the local church because they want to, they think they have a greater impact on ministry. And so they give to these organizations. But the reality is those organizations have personnel cost and, oh, and yeah. facility cost and administrative cost too. And I would say that most churches and, and definitely this church are actually doing better in terms of, you know, balancing that. And, you know, and, 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 and you said something that's important is accountability, you know, Hey, so we have, it's our job. So we should be doing our jobs. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not, we're not subsidizing, you know, good Christians, you know? Right. Uh, and so I do think that's where some people have seen lazy church staff mm-hmm. um, and um, misused facilities, you know? And, and I think that, and 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 the private jet stories, you know, and and I think it's just easy to take those bad examples and kind of lump the ninety percent of the church that's actually grinding out, you know. Mm-hmm. So and and facilities that are typically, you know, like this campus and and more and more is cases being utilized right. all the time for community and kingdom stuff. So I, I think that you know the reality is um, all that, but I would just say that ultimately, like as an individual believer. It's about trusting. Giving is about trusting God. And then as giving to God through that local church, you have every right to then, you know, question in love every decision. You know, I mean, the sides of our church, it's if, if you're going to question every tiny decision, you're going to get, you know, exhausted. But, <laughs> but every decisions. every decision and, and we give people at our church, we people have a say in the budget process. Right. How does that look, Steve? They're saying the budget process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the church votes on the budget, right? So, the the church elects people to serve on the MLTs, who go through that budget process with stewardship, which are all representatives of the church body. So, the budget is developed by lay people. It's developed by lay people that have been voted on by the church. So, uh, while as staff liaisons to MLTs, we have input on that process and what we're doing. Ultimately, we don't make the decision. Mm, mm. 
uh, on the budget. We put together what we believe a, a solid ministry plan is, and you know these these groups are a part of that. The the only pieces that we really um, as a staff have control over in developing budget is really our student ministry, our mm-hmm. children's ministry, um, and uh, even with the discipleship MLT now, there's more input from. Uh, the lay people in our church to that budget area as mm. well. So the budget is a result, a reflection of our congregation, not of our staff. Mm-hmm. Our staff is simply tasked with execution of that budget mm. to the very best of our ability. And, you know, you touched on overhead. Uh, you know, every business has overhead and works to minimize that overhead. And we as a church are doing the same thing. Um, that's a big challenge in my job is to try and lower overhead to the very best of our ability because everything that every every dime more in overhead means less money in in the ministry mission areas where we really want it to be. It's an ongoing challenge, but when you are a, a general for profit business and you you are making profit, uh, overhead doesn't scare you as much. When you're a church that gives away 100% of every bit of profit that you make every year, overhead is that much more important mm-hmm. to keep under control. So we work at it. Yeah. So do you think a good Baptist church administrator would say, I get rid of overhead because God is overhead? Ooh, <laughs> that belongs on a church sign. There you go. Right. There you Steve go. actually has that yeah, on his t-shirt wall yeah. in yeah. his office. So yeah. let's talk about that because... You know, James mentioned our desire to be more in line with our 50-50 vision budget. And and really, as we're talking about this, all this, not all of this, but a lot of the execution of this falls on you. Granted, you work with <laughs> pastors, but you're kind of the one, not all, not alone in the middle, but you are the middle of like making sure that we are running uh, with ministry in mind. But also you're the one of all the people pushing for ministry who, who actually knows how much it costs to Turn on the AC and to do. I these deal things. with the customers, so the people don't have to. <laughs> That's <you> right. <laughs> so, so we say all the time, you know, there's there's problems to solve, there's tensions to manage. This is a big tension for us to manage because we can't neglect facilities as we seek to do more in the community, uh, and in the kingdom. So <laughs> because my 13 year old son will send pictures of the facility. Yeah. And you're like, this true. is lame. This is, other. This is So maybe Steve, what, how do you, what are your guiding principles like in this, like, cause you, you know, you are, you make these decisions, you have these conversations and I think you do it really well. So if you were to, you know, how does, how do you do it, man? Like what, what exactly guiding, do you do here? What do you do? Oh, yeah. But really what are you guiding? Like, how do you manage that tension? Well, because it's not, not every decision is black and white. And there's times when you're just like, all right, I think this is the best choice based on these mm. options, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Well, look, the first thing I would say is that the council of multitude matters. So for, for me, um, one, I have very specific guidelines that I have to follow. There, are, there is accountability for me as well. I answer to the stewardship team. I answer to the personnel team. And I have to be able to answer for everything that's, that's done and spent in the church. So um, while I am in the middle, I'm not alone in uh, the oversight, which is... You have like 19 different bosses. Well, that's true. I'm just figuring out how many office space yeah, quotes I can throw yeah. yeah, you're getting them in. You're getting them in. But uh, I would say as far you as... You just do some extra flair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, here we go. Flair. Um, no, but balancing that tension is really important because uh, oftentimes I, I, I feel like, you know, I, I can be the lone voice saying, 
hey, we need to put a lot of money into escrow for our facilities. And look, nobody wants to do that. <laughs> yeah, nobody does. Even, nobody does. Even you not, don't really not, want not to. Not even me, right? <laughs> Should we give to the children in Guatemala or escrow for, right, for an air, air conditioning? conditioning. <laughs> like, like, this is not exciting stuff. And and when you think of ministry, you certainly don't think, oh, I, I got to put $10,000 a, a month away to be able to handle uh, air conditioning units. That's not exciting, but... But as far as a guiding principle, the reason why I fight for those things to happen mm -hmm. is that I have seen this church uh, in the past not put enough money away and not plan appropriately where something breaks down mm -hmm. unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. And at that point, we have to pay for it. So we're stealing from any area we can take from. And typically that gets taken from uh, ministry or mission areas mm -hmm. uh, or you know mm -hmm. reserves and things like that. So... Look, my guiding principle is this. We Properties is something that is fairly easy to plan for 10, 20, even 30 years out. I want to plan appropriately so that when something happens that might not be according to the plan, mm. we are financially prepared to address it without impacting mm. our ministry and mission goals. That's good. So uh, it, it is still about our ministry and mission goals. And what can happen very easily is that we don't budget appropriately and then we find ourselves really far behind. Mm -hmm. Then we have 10 years. It has literally taken us almost eight years of trying to get us back on a, a, a good financial pathway to managing our facilities because we got behind. We can't afford mm -hmm. to have uh, to, to to get behind to where it takes many years to get back where we need to be because that's many years of impacting ministry and mission. That's not what we want to do. So how much did playing SimCity help you to figure out how to do I have that? never, ever played SimCity. That seems like you would just love, I loved that game. <laughs> I don't like, play video did, games. Like this, just ago. so you know, this is insight into how Steve's job goes because I'm yeah, constantly like, doing like, stuff what? like this what are you Steve talking about? in real life. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. So, so I have one more pressing question that I know is kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly of the church is debt. So there are people who are adamantly opposed to the churches taking on any debt. There are people who say the church should just function like a business, and a lot of businesses take on a lot of debt. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, what are? And I know we're starting to run out of time, but what are just some quick thoughts on the church and debt? I don't mean our church specifically, but you know, of course, pertaining to our church as well. Well, I'd start with our church. Yeah. And, and and all I would say is that this church has been here since 1910. And I would simply ask somebody, do you think this church has had any kingdom impact since 1910? And if... if Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I have one person who gets it. It's debatable. That's debatable. Oh, well, you know, define kingdom impact. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. true. Uh, and, and when you look at the history of the church, there's not a single structure on this campus that we... That, that was built, completed to be a tool for ministry where we did not have to borrow some money mm. to be able to mm. accomplish it. And from a scriptural standpoint, the scripture talks about how you, if you have debt, here's the way you are to handle that debt. Mm. Mm. So yes, do we, want, do, we, do we want to have debt? No, we don't. Um, if we have debt, we're going to manage it in the way the scripture tells us to manage it. So I don't see scripturally um, where where it says you should not go into debt at all. 
Uh, it simply says we don't want to be indebted to anyone. You haven't read the book of Dave Ramsey, chapter two and chapter. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah, Man, yeah. people will quote him. I like know. He wrote I know. The Bible. I'm like, dude, do you do you know anything Jesus said about money? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. But but look, on a very very serious note, to to anyone who says the church should not be in debt, um, look, I agree with them. And if it were possible mm. to continue the mission mm. and be effective mm. in the mission without going into debt, I. Great. Let's figure out the way to do it. Um, I simply have not found a way for us to accomplish mm -hmm. the mission that he's given us without periodically using financial resources mm -hmm. um, from a bank to be able to accomplish that because this church campus and plant uh, is the base. And as that base grows, we have more people giving. And that is, that's the resources that go out that fund everything we do. Um, without the church campus, I don't believe we would uh, have the resources that we have to be able to fund the mm -hmm. things that we fund. And when we did the last build project, I mean, we, we saw a large growth in the size of our church as a result. And we've mm -hmm. seen consistent growth in our budgets uh, in recent years, really since that project. So we see, yes, we invested a lot of money and we borrowed money. We're also doing more in ministry and mission now than, than we were, you know, six, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, a good illustration of this is, you know, we're about to, you know, build new offices because we have to. And <laughs> no, we like, literally have to because where we have is not safe. And no one, like, really wants to do that because it's not an exciting thing to spend money on. But we have to. I was do such it. a big fan. Oh, you know, you know. In fact, I think our staff team was like, "Is there any way we could just not do this so we can do something mm -hmm. more and you know, like more ministry, quote unquote, ministry?" But recognize that we we really do have to do this. This is a great example of the tension to manage because it goes back to what you guys were saying earlier. I think if you were to ask me, I mean, this is, of course, it's more fun to give to feed a, an orphan in Guatemala or, or support our pastors in India. Um, that's, that's, that feels better to give directly to that. But mm -hmm. God has, you know, given the mission of the church to carry that vision. There's things we have to do to do more of those kinds of things. And I would say, if you're one of those people who wrestles with that as you know, you should, you know, I don't want to give because I want to give directly. Like, Hey, this is what God's called us to do. And mm -hmm. it goes back to, there is a lot of accountability. There's a shared vision and there's a shared um, mm -hmm. burden, I would say in the implementation. And if you're someone who is just adamantly opposed to the church taking on debt, I would say to you, write the check and we won't. <laughs> yeah, and we nice. won't have to. Like, yeah, you know, right. like, yeah. because I think it's like, you we know. We need about 600,000 right now. Yeah, so yeah. write that check. Somebody, somebody <laughs> yeah, yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm just well, saying like, do it so that we, we because our heart is, not just our heart of this, mm -hmm. the, 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 us three, and it's just mm -hmm. the, not even the heart of the staff, but the heart of the church leadership and really the heart of the church is to say, we want to do more for the kingdom. And these things like new offices are kind of like, not speed bumps, but they kind yeah. of are because yeah. we have to, we have to do yeah. something. And I think there's some complexity, the larger a church gets, you know, there's just complexity to it. And I do think people justify, like you said, you know, terrible decisions without accountability because we're big and we're growing, you know, but, but th that's just reality. It doesn't mean we're less faithful stewards, you know, uh, it just means like the notorious B.I.G. said, the more money you come across, the more problems you see. And so, you know, the, the reality is there's just more complications, I think, sometimes. But I'll say that I don't know what you make because I don't remember. 
Uh, but every no, dollar, I just don't know. every dollar that the church invests in in having an administrator really is worth it for us pastors and ministers to be able to do our job. And for my pastor friends that listen, if you come trying to hire him right now, you have to deal with me. So you better be strong. Um, <laughs> but uh, really, we're we're thankful that you're a part of what you're doing. That you have a heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be faithful steward uh, beyond just it being a, you realize the church has a business aspect, but you see the church as a business and you're kingdom minded. And we are just so blessed to have you on our team, Steve. That's and right. Cause I, Steve is this rare, this rare hybrid of person who's like, he's all, he knows business so well and his heart is all ministry. And he like does lots of other things too. Like he's, he teaches his life, leads life group. And this coming Sunday is going to be preaching. This, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. And so oh, yeah. you should, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, this right. week. Yeah, right. Uh, so he's going to be preaching. So you, he can preach too, like really well. So yeah. I'm building you up. So don't yeah, disappoint. Sure. Don't put right. me on a pedestal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need to put you on a pedestal. That's right. Because you're still well, okay. yeah, yeah, a taller pedestal. <laughs> uh, so you're yeah. a little bit shorter than us. And this hasn't helped yeah, at all. That's right. So hopefully by now you've already approved our request for new stools. But yeah, so hey, if you've got questions about uh, specific to our church. If you're a church member and you want, you, you have questions about our church budget, our church process, uh, Steve is the person to ask and he will be fully open, honest, and transparent with you. So you can message him. You can send a message to Steve at churchonbayshore.org. And if you're another church listening and you're just curious how we process, how we, our budgeting process, even the structure that Steve spoke about, the accountability that's needed, uh, reach out. We, we, one of our hearts as one of our things we want to do is to help other churches, yeah. uh, as we learn, not because we're experts as we learn, we want to pass on what we've learned, uh, by, by trial and by error along the way. So reach out and let us know. Uh, I was going to say reach. That was, <laughs> that was good. That was well go. done. Thank you. All right. So, Hey, uh, join Maybe us. It's good that you have a week before you preach. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, we want you, uh, to uh, reach out with those questions. And we also want you to join us next week as we wrap up this series. No, inside no. The- we got a special member. Oh, weeks. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Questions so that's a good and answers. Time. That's, that's a right. Good time. We got two weeks. Uh, so here's what we want to do. Next week, we got our, our last essential. And then we want to take another episode and ask and answer. Well, we want you to ask. <laughs> We're, We're just going to ask questions <laughs> and wait for you to answer. <laughs> and wait for you to text us. Uh, <laughs> so we want you to ask questions. Something you've heard from the past few weeks, uh, one of our essentials are just questions you about like, have about what it's really like inside the church. Or yeah, where is really the Holy like. of Holies on That's our campus? That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which closet is it in? Yeah, yeah. Um, we want to answer those. So you can send us a message. You can email us. You can uh, shoot us a message on Facebook. However, you can send the carrier pigeon. Whatever you want to <laughs> do, uh, get us a question. We want to answer those questions. Leave a comment uh, so that we uh, have some content. Otherwise, it's just going to be another week of James and I rambling about things. And uh, we've gotten... We've had plenty of that. We've had plenty of that, though. (laughs) So, hey, thanks for joining us. Send your questions, and we'll see you next time. Steve. Way to go. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.